This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to another episode of How Men Think. My name is Brooks Like and I'm super excited. I know I say that every show, but I'm super excited about this one. I'm really excited about this one for two reasons. One, we have a wonderful co-host who we'll get to in a second. And I love having co-hosts on who are also hosts because I actually just get to learn from them. And it's great to have great to have people that actually have skills there, whereas Gavin has no idea what we ever do on this show. And then two, we are diving into your guys' thoughts. You have sent us emails and questions. These are the top things that people are thinking the most about right now. And we are going to get into all of these questions and thoughts, and we are going to give you the male perspective on these. So joining me today, he's best known as the host of NBC's four-time Emmy Award nominated hit competition series, American Ninja Warrior, which I have never been on, but I'm dying to go on. And so he's going to invite me on this show. Welcome to the show, Mr. Matt Eisman. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, Brooks, I'm good to be. I'm super excited too. And by the way, if you only said you were excited, I would have been. I would have known. That doesn't mean anything. You need Dude, to be super excited. I'm every. If I if I listen to like any show, if I go back and listen to any show, it's like I'm super excited oh. for the show. I love the worst when you, you find your crutches. You're like, oh, I, yeah. I do say that a lot. People always point it out though. That's the wonderful thing is the people listening love to point out the things we do. Right. Which is yeah. Great. yeah. It keeps us honest. It's, um, it's like going, I used to go back and review game tape and uh, you'd see like patterns and <laughs> tendencies. Now, when I go back and I listen to podcasts, I'm like, oh, I say that a lot. Oh, I say that a lot. Yeah. Right? It's because we do one podcast a week and I kind of forget about it. I get to the next show and then it's like, I haven't done a podcast in a week. I'm super excited. You are super so, excited. It's genuine. So, also, buddy, um, your boy, Akbar, has been on the show. So it's ah. good to have you. Yeah, it's good yes. to have you he's, on the show. He's too. actually hosting Miss USA uh, coming up. Is he's, he? He's out in Graceland. Yeah, he's, he's doing it out there in, uh, in, in Memphis. So uh, he's busy out there, and, and I'm here. But I'm telling you how men think right now. This, this is why we're here, buddy. That's what we're here for. Um, also, question for you, because you have done everything in TV. How did you pivot from having a medical degree to I'm going to go do TV? <laughs> Ken Jong and I are the two. We're trying to figure it out. I have no, we certainly wasn't planned. I mean, I was, so I'm a doctor. I went to medical school. I was practicing medicine. And then honestly, it came down to, I realized my heart wasn't in medicine and it's not a job. It's a calling. It's not a job that you just mm. punch the, punch the clock and do. So I decided I got to take a break. I, I have to figure out what's going on because I'm not helping my patients. I'm not helping myself. I'd done stand up a couple times in med school and I thought, all right, I could, I could go be a ski bum. I could go yeah. travel the world or whatever. And I thought, no, I'm going to go to LA, do comedy for a year, grow up, go back, be a doctor and be a responsible human being. And instead, 20 years later, I'm out here in LA, like living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> How did that? I love. I love that for so many reasons. One, you bet on yourself, and you went and you made yes. it happen. I love that. That's what I always encourage people: bet on yourself. Um, but two, was everybody in your world be like, "You're crazy, Matt. You're crazy. You have you have a medical degree. You're a doctor. You're going out to L.A. to do stand up." My uh, my friends were all like, "No, you're at least the seventeenth funniest one of us, Matt. This makes total <laughs> sense that you're going to go be a comedian." <laughs> Honestly, the the crazy thing was, I think my friends probably thought you'll outgrow this. The hardest part, my dad's a doc. He's a, he's okay. a professor of medicine, world-renowned physician. He was a professor at the University of Colorado where I was doing my residency. And I, that was the hardest part was telling him because I thought, I thought my dad was just going to be devastated, just disappointed, yeah. heartbroken, right? Or think, you're nuts. You're not going to yeah. do it. But when I told him I was leaving and, and that I wanted to try comedy, first words he said were, life is short, do what makes you happy. And it's been... Oh. It, awesome. it was, it was a weight was lifted, but it's, it's been the best advice I got is, is to go after it. And, and what you said is something I always say too, is bet on yourself because you could bet on a career like healthcare is always going to be stable. You could bet on, you know, living, mm -hmm. uh, working in the family business, whatever it is, or bet on your passion, bet on yourself. And I always felt like if I'm going to, if I'm going to take a swing, you gotta, you gotta go for it. And I, and I, yeah. and I love that. I think betting on yourself is the way it motivates you. And it's also... It's the way you put your head on the pillow at night and go, all right, I'm doing, I'm doing what I'm passionate about. So how did you, I love it, buddy. I, and I hope our listeners like really receive that when they hear that. Um, 
question for you then. How did you get from stand-up comedy to like, then you won The Apprentice and now you, yeah. host, you host American Ninja Warrior, American Ninja Warrior Junior. Um, and you have an extensive like TV career. How did you pivot from comedy into that? So I think, you know, another, another thing I say is say yes to everything. And mm. my, my approach has been, um, there are so many talented people in any industry, but particularly in entertainment. And if you're sitting on your ass thinking, I'm so talented, people are going to find me. They're not going to come knocking because there are other yeah. people beating the doors down. And, and the thing I found was, I, I, initially I came out, I thought I was going to do stand-up comedy. Then I was doing some sketch comedy and thought I'd be a sitcom actor. But somebody came in and said, hey, we want to submit you to host this show. And this was back in 2004. And I said, yes. And that show only lasted a season, but it led to, uh, it was a game show and it led to a home makeover show and it led to sports super sports comedy show. And that led to Ninja Warriors. So that first hosting wow. job I got led to the job I have now. And, and, you know, that got me on Celebrity Apprentice and, and so many things have come about from, from saying yes and, 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 and being, being the kind of person people want to work with. And, and that is showing up, working your ass off, being professional yeah. when things don't work out saying, Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. Or if it doesn't work out right then realize life is a marathon. So something might not work out in the short term, but it could come to, you know, six months later, uh, five years later, 10 years later, that can come back. And so I yes. think for me, I've always tried to say every opportunity I'm going to go in there and, and hope that they would want to work with me again. Because oh, oh, Ninja's awesome. been a gift. It's been awesome, but it's going to go away. And I need to figure out how do I land that next show. I hope it doesn't go away for a long time. Yeah. But it's that idea of you're always, you're always kind of looking for the next thing. And I think the way to do it is to, to try to find those people that you really connect with. Because I think there's, there really is a power in networking of, of connecting with people and building relationships uh, that, can, that can manifest in ways you don't even understand. But I think right. it's, and, and it's helping people out too, like doing a favor for somebody and you know, not expecting anything, but, but building that goodwill. Because I, I, I see it, I've seen it. I've been out here for, for over 20 years now and I've seen how those little kindnesses and those little efforts and those things overall, it just builds that momentum that you need to survive a, a, to any business, but particularly yeah. one that's as insane as this one. Right. And it's, a, it's the same. It's no different in professional sports. Um, intangibles. As you kept speaking, I kept thinking about intangibles. Yeah. Is this person a good person in the locker room? Are they a good person to every single person in the building, the security staff, the doorman, everybody, the trainers, the medical staff, the intangibles? Are you respected? Do you show up? Are you on time? Are you polite? Are you courteous? Just like, do you invest in other people? Do you ask people about their day, their life, their family? And all of those intangibles come back, like you said, maybe it's not next year, maybe it's five years from now, maybe it's 10 years, maybe it doesn't, but you invested in people and it's not what you know, it's who you know. And so many times I've actually got it. I've got uh, opportunities from people from my playing life from people yeah. I met 10 years ago because yeah. like, I remember you I remember you we had a really good connection I just loved how you respected me and talked with me and, and just like things come back around and uh I think it's a you don't do it for that you invest in people to be a good person and to yeah. like, discover their journeys but b it does come back around it's going to find you again at some point I've seen it in LA I've seen it in yeah. friends I've seen it in their lives they've been on different projects and I see the same people on the different projects I'm like Wow, you guys all work together. Like, oh, yeah. You love each other. Adam Sandler is the moving. prime example of a guy who works with his friends. Again, you see, you know, anytime you see one of his movies, it's like the old yeah. Bing Crosby ones where it's like the same people again and again. But yeah. it's proof of someone, he's like, these people make me my best. Um, yeah. they've, they've been good to me. I'm going to be good to them. And I think when you help someone, the other thing is you also learn a lot anytime you any experience you have, if you're, if you're open, if you're earnest, if you invest in it, you learn things that inevitably imprint on you. And I think hopefully continue to elevate your game. Cause we're, we're all trying to grow, right? If you're stagnant, yeah. you're, you're dead. So yeah. Growth it's, mindset. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's a fun, I mean, entertainment is, is it's a ridiculous, a ridiculously fun job and the opportunities that we get to do. And, 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 and if, well, the other thing is I always try to appreciate it is to say, like I, I literally, when I was in medicine, it's truly life or death. You see what really true life or death situations mm -hmm. are. In entertainment, we act like it's life and death. But, yeah. you know, we're talking about ninjas or I'm, I'm almost yeah. on the Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and those things. And I always try to step back and say, 
particularly growing, I, I grew up in Colorado. It was always sports in school. Entertainment was never on the radar, but I loved, I loved movies. I loved entertainment. And now I'm out here and, you know, you get to work at Universal Studios or you get to meet some of these people and to always say, I have an appreciation for it. And, and to, to also say, I choose a career with a lot of risk and a lot of, a lot of issues, but mm-hmm. you get some of these opportunities and never take those for granted. And, 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 just sit back and I, the, the other thing I would love to do is to talk to my friends like I grew up with and to, and to just remind yourself, man, like remember where you came from. Remember, mm-hmm. be grateful, I guess, is, you know, have gratitude yeah. for the stuff you're getting to do and not worry about what you're not getting or what you're missing. But man, be grateful for what you do have, which which is a challenge, particularly during the pandemic and everything. We're all a little afraid. Yeah, we'll get into that because that's very much part of the listener questions. But um, you're inspiring me because there's there's been... I never thought I'd want to get into TV. I never, I wanted to play hockey. I didn't play hockey because it was on TV. I played hockey because I loved it. Yeah. But there's been a, there's been a couple things that have come my way. Um, and I've thought about it, but kind of like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to give up a day at my lake house for that. I don't want to give up a day of like flying or doing something fun for that. But right. you're inspiring me to see the fun in it, to see the joy in it, see the opportunity in it. Um, and it's something that's been kind of, a couple things have landed in my inbox that I've, I've thought about, but ultimately not moved towards. I don't know if I was ready for it or I don't know if it was the right time for it. Um, but you're inspiring me maybe to give another look at it. Um, it's, what? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, look, you, you got a great personality. You got a great look. And it's the thing, I, I think when you go into it with the idea of there's no downside, right? Where, where you go, you know, people are like, Hey, you might look like a jackass or something. Go, well, look, I, I'm not afraid of embarrassing myself. And I also trust, I, I trust that I will do well enough to, to be where I can hold my head up high. Yeah. But when you start to, when you start to go into it and say, Hey man, I could really have fun and expand something. And the thing I love about what I've created in TV is largely I get to be myself, which, which really is a blast. Like I go on and I'm, I'm a naturally enthusiastic guy. Yeah. I love, I love meeting people. I love telling stories. Ninja, we get to tell these incredible stories that, you know, I, I was an athlete growing up or, and, and, and just love seeing people push themselves past it. And, and when you get to, when, when you get to the secret, I think to being good in, in Hollywood is very often figuring out how to be yourself and get out of the way. Cause we all mm. kind of put these things on. And, and honestly, that's what like the first 10 years of my career we're doing is, you know, you, you try to be Will Ferrell or you're trying to be Alex Trebek, rest in peace or any of these yeah. people. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, man, I want to be Brooks. Like I want to be Matt Eisman. I want to be yeah. this person inside who I am because the thing you see, particularly when it is person, when you're hosting is people want some authenticity. They want to yeah, know yeah. this is who you are. And, and mm-hmm. I think once, once you figure that out and you're able to deliver that, that's what people respond to. Okay. Love it. I'll take that advice. Thank you, buddy. One last question. Then we're going to yeah. get into our listeners thoughts. Um, your favorite, give me your absolute favorite thing about uh, being on TV and the opportunities that you have. You said fun. You get it out. Well, look, I, the, like, I would is- love to say Celebrity Apprentice was amazing because we got to raise a million dollars for the Arthritis Foundation. I have rheumatoid arthritis, uh, chronic autoimmune disease that changed my life. I was diagnosed in 2002. So to get a raise a million dollars and and just as Incredible. importantly to share my story and raise awareness was awesome. If I said that was my favorite part, that would make me a good person. My favorite part, though, <laughs> was that I've become friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like I. My childhood bedroom, I'll be there for Thanksgiving. My parents still live in the house I grew up in. My bedroom hasn't changed since I graduated from high school. The Predator poster's up there. I, oh, I, I great show. Schwar- I mean, ever since, ever since like 86, show. I've slept with Schwarzenegger in my bedroom. And now I'm friends with this guy. We've got to travel the globe doing charity events. And, and my, buddy, my buddy was just, was just he, I, I was so excited. My last birthday, January. We went to Austria together and on my birthday, Arnold yeah. brought a cake out. We're having stogies and I sent a photo to my buddy and he goes, he, he said, if everything went away, if, if you had to leave, if you had to go, whatever, you know, dig ditches, do whatever you got, you, you, you made it. You made yeah. this, yeah. this like 16 year old Matt would have been like, yeah. life yeah. is complete. Yeah. And, and yeah. that moment I've got a photo. Oh, let me see if I can grab this. This photo Schwarzenegger had me to his Christmas party with Stallone. And oh yeah, really, yeah. Like, and in this photo, I was just like, "That's it's next to like the photos I got with my parents." It's like that photo, that that's so it. Cool. That's why I came out here. And so, like yeah. th- that moment was really one when when those two guys whose movies I can still quote to this day. Yeah. When I got to meet them and like you know uh, 
not be peers, but, but, but like work with them and hang out with them. It was, that was amazing. And that certainly yeah. made, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm playing with house money in this, in this career. <laughs> I, I once met Arnold, but he couldn't see me. <laughs> you get it? You get it? <laughs> my, my, one of my best buddies, that's his favorite line from that. Get to the chopper, obviously, yeah. but then he couldn't see me. He couldn't see um, me. Yeah. So, okay, buddy. I He's love it. He's buried in the mud. I just rewatched Predator. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Okay, let's get to some of these. All right, let's do it. I want your input on these. So our listeners, our listeners are pouring out to us. A lot of people are struggling. A lot of people are uncertain with the future. Um, COVID obviously is taking a massive impact on people's professional and personal lives. So they've reached out to you and I, Matt, and we're going to do our best to try and help these. Let's do it. um, Here's the first one from our community. Where will I end up after college? Where do you think somebody in college right now, where are they going to end up? What's the world look like for somebody coming out of college? Wow. I, I think, look, I have no idea. I, I have no idea what the world's going to look like. I mean, we just heard news today of a vaccine that might be 95% effective. Yeah. And if yeah. it really is, that could really change the face of COVID. But I think this pandemic has been an extreme example of the reality that we don't know the future. We, really, it's, it's so unpredictable. Um, and we've been very fortunate to largely you know, I think back in my lifetime, the events, 9-11, uh, this pandemic, I, I think are just those events. I think Reagan being shot, like the space shuttle blowing up, those kind of landmark events. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this pandemic and 9-11 particularly being ones that I think shifted the world moving forward. Yeah. So I don't know what the world's going to be moving forward. But, but the reality is, um, you, if you're in college, you are still at a place where you are you are able to mold your future. And I think that that was one of the great things in college. Here's what I will say. When I was in college, I thought I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I thought I was going to become a doctor. I thought I had it all planned out. What I've realized since then is I had no idea. So I think there was always a lot of pressure though when you were in college to feel like you had life figured out. And I wanna just tell people, you don't. I said it before, life is a marathon. Don't feel like you need to have all the answers. What I think you would want to do is to try to, to try to build up your knowledge base, find something you're passionate about, but also be okay saying, you know, whether you take a job, whether you travel, whether you, whether you choose something safe or whether you choose to take that big risk or go to law school, whatever it is to say, this might not be where it goes and that's okay. Things mm-hmm. could change. And just to say, what I'm going to do is to continue to search for that thing, hopefully search for that passion. That's something that really excites you because again, I don't, I don't work. I don't, I mean, obviously it's yeah. entertainment, so yeah. it's not that hard, but I love what I do. And I'm so grateful to have found that. So if you're in college, I would say just try to be okay realizing that you may feel all your classmates, everyone around you has life figured out or has their plans out there. They don't. Most of them are just like me where you thought you knew something or you kind of thought, hey, this is the right answer. But you're going to experience in the next, you know, 10 years out of college, I think, is when you really start to grow up and find out who you are. Mm-hmm. And just to be okay with that and to say the, the world is changing, but it's really just it, that this has been a very surface realization of life's always changing. So I think just be okay saying you don't have to have it figured out, um, yeah. but just kind of being able to live with that discomfort and to say, I'm, I'm really going to commit to bettering myself, to betting on myself, to saying yes to opportunities and to finding something you're passionate about. I like all of that. I love, I love all of that. I love that you kept the door open for somebody to pivot um, because coming out of college that you might see your life one way and then might, they might not be hiring with the degree that you have yeah. right now. They, they just, the world might be there. The way, and so keeping the idea that it's okay, that maybe you still want to do this, but also for the time being, I might have to pivot here. And actually that pivot, as it was in your life, could be the greatest blessing of your yeah. life. Um, the other thing that I keep in mind, I've, I've never been to college, so I don't know what it's like coming out of college, but I don't want people to assume that now that they have a college degree that they're going to have a job. That, yeah. that I think the world is intensely competitive. And even if you come from a great school, you are going to have to earn that job. Yeah. It, was like, it was like when I was trying to make the NHL, I had to unseed somebody who was already there to earn that job. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like, oh, I've been drafted. They signed me to a professional contract. Oh, I'm going to play pro. No, 
there are so many more people that don't make pro than do even ones that are drafted and signed they still never make it because they never unseed somebody mm-hmm. so um would encourage those the people finishing up college to think of that too the world's going to be t- tough it's probably even going to be tougher now you're going to have to fight you're probably going to have to claw i would also another thing that comes to mind is reach out to maybe somebody that um some contacts that you have you know yeah well so, going so, back to networking for sure yes and, yeah. and taking opportunities to say again i think a lot of people make choices based on paper like i want to do this career but being okay saying, hey, I'm going to take an internship or I'm going to you know, shadow somebody or really get to learn a career. Because again, you might think yeah. you know what you want to do and then you get into it and say, this isn't Ooh. what's lighting my fire. Yeah. Okay. Great advice. Thanks, Matt. Uh, next question. Ooh, if you could, you're going to be on CNN or Fox News or wherever, you can answer this one. What does the future look like? It's a very broad question, but let's go with it. Let's see where your mind goes. What well, I, I, I think like? look, I, I think our future is great. I th- I think we've seen we've withstood a worldwide pandemic, and largely it seems that we are, you know, despite despite case numbers going up, it seems fatalities are going down. I think uh, as a nation, we've we've been through a tremendous amount of growth with civil unrest and kind of a, an, an awakening and a reckoning on some of the racial past. I mm-hmm. I think. I, 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 I think our future really is in our hands, though. It's, it's still really up to us uh, what, what we will shape. I think we're, we're, we're seeing this evolution. To me, with social media, um, with this, I, I think there has been a, a, a cheapening of kind of the, the national conversation when it happens online and people say things online that they wouldn't say face-to-face to people. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we've lost some of that, but that's the reality of, of, of social media right now. I, I think our future is, is it's, 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 a, it's a bright future for not just the world, but I think particularly for America. I think we're seeing, you know, despite all the division in politics, it's like this is kind of how the, the nation has been back and forth. People say we've never been so divided. We, we had a civil war before. We've, we've been divided. Mm. And I think we're, what we're seeing here is, is a, a real good challenge to democracy and and people feeling it more we had more people vote than ever before which i think is a good sign for people feeling involved um i, I think hopefully uh, the, the the news of the vaccine is great um because i think i think we're never going to go back to where we were before COVID. i think there's anytime we now have uh, a viral outbreak a flu coming in there's going to be fears of COVID 2.0, I think masks mm-hmm. are going to be a new part of our existence, particularly, yeah. particularly if you're sick. So I think yeah. we're going to see some changes. But again, we, we, we never underestimate humans' ability to adapt to a new situation and still thrive. Oh, I love that. I love that. So I have point. no idea what the future is going to be, but, yeah. but I'm still optimistic. <laughs> so I'm the same way. So when I, when I think of this question, the first thing that comes to mind is, and it, I speak from experience, is that sometimes they're there needs to be a disruption, uh, an unchosen disruption in order for better things to come into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, ha- it's a hard way to receive this. There's been so much trauma. There's been so many deaths, so much hardship, loss of businesses, loss of relationships, loss of connection with one another, loss of family members, deaths. There's been so much loss in this. But I believe that from this, I'm always, I'm always in the, optimistic guy and i'm always a i always see things as an opportunity and i believe from this though none of us chose this this will some way we will find a way to make this the best thing that happened Mm -hmm. to us um my hockey career this is what this is where i draw from the experience i got a phone call one day that said 34 years of hockey boom is done off a cliff right now you are released my hockey career is done Mm -hmm. i never wanted that i never chose that i never i i would have probably said no i'll give anything to get it back but that disruption in my life led me to so many new opportunities, so many new friendships, so many new partnerships. I'm only doing this podcast, having this conversation with you because of that disruption. Right. And, it's, and I've, my, my eyes have just widened to the entire world, whereas before they were stuck inside a hockey rink. And so I just hope people can draw something from that where I know we're going through tough times. I know people are hurting, but tough times don't last. Tough, tough people do. And so there is some sort of an opportunity. I think the future of work has forever changed. I think people are 
um, really assessing what true happiness is to them, not what professional happiness is, yeah. what true happiness is. I think there's so many good things that are going to come from this. I do still think we're in this for a little while still. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, like you said, the news of the possible vaccine just came out today. Hopefully that comes sooner than later. But um, I'm always, always going to find an opportunity in something. I think that's I think that's a that's a great way of of phrasing it is is that idea of right there's there's nothing happens good or bad but thinking makes it so where you really Ooh, you know in, in these times of of challenge that to to try to say I will I will get through this and and it, you're right I think when you've had a previous experience for me. I think leaving medicine, but, but, you know, being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and, and I had uh, cancer as well. Like when you go through those, those health scares and you realize, wow, I'm not invulnerable. Life, life is precious. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. it, it, it does prepare you for these things. And, and for, you know, for people who this is that first kind of shock, you know, God, that's very fortunate, but, but this is what life is, right? Is we're going to have these challenges and this is a particularly big one, but hopefully, you know, people learn, we can thrive through this and, and thrive coming out of it. And it's, yeah. it's a challenge. And, and it really, I think we've all been shaken. Uh, you know, 2020 has been yeah, right. the, uh, the most historic year I, of my lifetime without a doubt. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Um, and I'm, I'm going to preface this with, I'm not going to ask you if you voted, I'm not going to ask you who you voted for. Um, anything political in regards to you, just this is the question, how will the presidency be different? How will this presidency be different? I, I don't know. I, I, I think one of the things we've seen is communication has shifted where you realize I, the president was always almost once removed, right? We would see them speak when they would give the State of the Union or occasionally on, mm -hmm. um, you know, if they would uh, do a press conference or, or be in the, the White House. But I think we're seeing now there is a much more line of direct communication now with social media and almost an expectation of to, to hear from them more immediately and, and more frequently. So I think for the presidency, I think we'll see, we'll see more communication. Um, and I, I, I think that's, it's, it's uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, I, I, who could have predicted what's gone on in, in the past, in the past year. So I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but I think we're, I think we've seen people more involved with politics and I, I am hoping that people will also get out of the tribalism of politics and get more into the, the, you know, when life is at yes. its best, we don't, you don't think of politics because everything is, is going yeah. well. And obviously yeah. we haven't had that luxury of late, but I'm hoping that we, you know, we as a country can start to move out of 2020 and go back to, to, I think, I, I think just rediscovering rediscovering our passion and our connection and 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 you know unity as a country. Yeah, I um, so I did a post yesterday on my social media about um, or two days ago I think about hope for the future. Um, I am a Canadian. I have my U.S. green card, but I'm not a U.S. citizen. I cannot vote. I do not have voting rights. I am not. I, and I, I am not and do not identify with a Democratic Party or a Republican Party. Um, I can only bear witness to what goes on in this nation that I've lived in now over half my life. I've lived in the U.S. 19 years. I've lived in Canada for 18 years. So I've spent more time in the U.S., but I do not have voting rights. And I did a post about leadership, about the change in leadership, um, but merely about leadership and yeah. how my, my hope for leadership any leader, whether it's of a, a nation, a company, a team, a family, that their number one priority, my, my belief is that a leader's number one priority is to unite people under a common goal. Yeah. You, you have very different people. You have a group, your, your people or the tribe that you lead, whether it's a nation, whether it's company, a team, family, whatever it may be, community, you have very different people and a very diverse group of people. And your job as the leader is to unite all of those people under a common goal and a common goal of and i i voiced on a common goal of unity and of love and that's what i hope for for this leadership um that being said i did not choose them this is not my elected right. president i hope to one day be able to vote but that's just what i hope for from this president um also i hope um that we get back to a total state of transparency yeah. i think transparency would be wonderful um just to receive that, to, to know where we are in COVID testing. Like when, 
when are we looking at like like we could i think humans can take bad news as well as they can take good news we can yeah. take both as long as it's honest yeah. i've received so much bad news in my life but when it's delivered honestly i'm okay i'm like okay it's, thank you for being honest it's good to know so yeah. whether it's like if they could tell us like hey we're probably not going to have a, a, a vaccine until june like that's that's just being transparent that's what yeah. it looks like right now best case scenario june okay like that's tough news but at least like we know um so i hope for some transparency as well with the new leadership it's funny i i, I think as you were talking about sports and leadership i was just having a conversation with one of my lifelong friends we were just talking about coaches and, you know, having, to me, my, my high school coaches, just in terms of molding you as a person mm -hmm. and, and, but I always say the lessons of sport are the lessons of life, how to lose, how to handle bad news, how to be, how to have feedback, how to work with teammates, how to give yourself up for the greater good of the whole. And, and I just, we were just talking about how, you know, the old school Bill Belichick or, uh, yeah. uh, Nick Saban, these kind of, these old school real dictator types yeah it seems yeah. to be kind of going the way now of more people who are you know Pete carroll or dabble sweeney who seem to be a little more i'm going to motivate you i am going to try yes. to unite you and i think that's kind of what i i think in politics we're seeing some of that i think uh, politics is a very challenging field where unfortunately it does often become very us versus them and i think the reality is when you walk around the streets you see it is we it's we the people right when and yeah. so often on social media, we, we, we get more focused on those, those differences instead of the great uh, commonalities that we have. Yeah. And I think one thing that I'm seeing right now, and I actually challenged my, my community yesterday with this, I'm seeing a lot of confirmation bias going on. Mm -hmm. So people that voted for Biden are only talking to people that voted for Biden. And Trump supporters are only like talking to Trump supporters. There's no like, hey, I understand your president, your choice didn't get elected. Like, how are you feeling? Yeah. Or you know, like, there's there's none of that going on. It's like our it's like a, a red and a blue team. It's like we're completely separated. And I encourage people to have conversations with people who don't think, look, dress, vote, or act yeah. like them. You just know what? To see where we're going, Brooks. I think it is going on. It's just not happening on social media. And unfortunately, so often if we're on social media, you only see the yelling and you often see people, I think, where it is very much an echo chamber, even in who you follow, you may obviously, you know, kind of uh, crop out uh, opposing views. But yeah. I, when I was out, uh, you know, when, I, when I'm out and I, I hear people from both sides talking and, and I, I think it does happen. It's, it's I, I really... When, when so often, particularly because of the pandemic, we're often living virtually or living on our phones or living through social media, I think we really see the divide so amplified. And when you get out into public, um, by and large, when you're out, if you're out at the food court or wherever, shopping, you know, you really see people getting along and people do avoid the, the, the political discussions, probably particularly this week yeah. with strangers. But I know like this weekend we were all, you know, friends and I, we were all talking. There were lots of different views going on and we did have that shared history. I, I hope it's going on more. Um, I, I think social media, you know, and that's something I, I really think that it's a place where I've actually pulled back a lot from social media, just in terms of the time that I'm on there, because I did find so often um, even before the politics, I found there was, there just so often negativity is very cheap on social media. It's very easy and yeah. there's no real cost because it's not face to face. And I, I just found sometimes it, it can be a very draining place that I don't always feel is really representative of how we are as people. I hope it's not. Um, so sometimes I think when, when you, when you put down the phone and go out and interact with, with people, I think you, I, I find I'm a lot more optimistic. Yeah. And what's interesting there, we're going to move on to the next question shortly, but um, you can interact with somebody just at a market or wherever and have a great interaction with them. And then you could find out that they're actually, they actually voted the diff uh, right. different way than you voted. And you're like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. But, but because you met them as a human first and didn't identify them with yes. their political party, you have a connection and you're like, Oh, that's actually okay that you voted opposite of what I voted. So, yes. Anyway, we're going to leave that one. We yeah. can go on for days on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> next question um this one is this one is really interesting this is a complete pivot there's two-part question okay why why are guys worse during covid and who will my next significant other be why are guys worse is this now? from a woman or from a guy i'm assuming this is from a woman what's going okay, on first of all men? i don't appreciate these worse? generalizations here 
Um, just because for the first 10 days of the pandemic, I sat in bed ordering takeout, playing video games. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't noticed that guys are worse during the pandemic. I don't know on, on what criteria. Maybe, look, I, I think there is certainly... I know for me, when I don't have to be on camera or I don't have to be dressed up, you know, I'm wearing my Denver Broncos Zubaz pants and yeah. my, my, you know, <laughs> I'll let things go a little bit. And <laughs> I, I definitely think they're, they're, I don't know. I maybe I will say for me, I find that if I am left to my own devices, I do get, I like to be lazy. I like to sit around. So maybe, uh, maybe this is my girlfriend actually writing in. <laughs> and she's just really being subtle here trying to say, why don't you clean your act up? I think, I think there's, there's, I know, I know for me, one of the things I found about myself is I'm not a great self-starter. I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about things, but when I really, I love having a challenge. I love having a deadline. I love getting into a goal. I love, I loved having a coach. I love being a part of a team yeah. where it's like, here's our goal. Let's go for it. When I'm left to my own devices, I'm just kind of wandering around chasing butterflies and looking at bubbles. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that's it where I've, I've always been kind of uh, uh, challenge based or task based. And even my career now, it's like we're, when we're doing Ninja Warrior or whether I'm doing live rescue or doing my podcast, my game show podcast, it's like, I can focus on that. And then the other time is me. No, yeah, it is. I guess yeah. I'm selfish. I guess you're right. I'm, men are selfish. What can I say? <laughs> um, yeah. And what was the what second to, part? So who will your, my next? Who will my next significant other be? What are we? What are we? Carnet fortune tellers? You know, maybe. it's going to be the best friend that you've never looked at that way, but maybe you will Ooh. during the pandemic. Oh, huh? how about that? That's a little rom com twist. So you're you're <laughs> you're encouraging our community that if they like they can't see somebody, they're like, I have no hope of a romantic partner to maybe think of like the person that they really get along with that maybe they've overlooked. Well, I will say very often, I think we have an ideal, right? That we look for. Yes, and I think I when you start that. to say, hey, wait, why don't I look for who makes me happy instead yeah. of saying what I think I, I want. I, I think, uh, look, I've never been married. I'm closing in on 50. I'm not the right person to give relationship advice. Um, but I think there is something to saying, hey, I want to look for someone kind of with shared values and someone who makes me happy. I love that is wonderful. Um, next question. Do men, it's kind of along the same veins. Do okay. men have a larger pool of women to date from now that now than before? Is it easier for men to date now than before in a man's perspective? Um, so I'm, again, sure why, I'm, but. I'm dating someone. So I, I would say, I, I think with COVID it's particularly hard just because you don't have any, random interactions, right? You're not in the workplace. You're not out at stores. You're not, you know, your masks are on. You're not running into people. So it's either I'm on a dating site or it's someone I'm pursuing intentionally. So I think, I, I think for anybody, the pool is probably slim. I think, and even then it's still hard to say, what are you comfortable with? Like, do you want to go on a date? But, you know, yeah. we'll be six feet apart as we walk outside uh, with the dehumor uh, uh, air purifier in between us so I, I think for everyone right now relationships are tough um i i think this is a particularly tough time to be dating and and it because you know it's, it's hard to be casual right anything you do anytime you go out now it has to be intentional in the mask and kind of yeah. being sensible about it so just the idea of hey we'll go for a coffee at starbucks where you know we we figure it out so i, yeah. I think i think women it sounds like she may be frustrated with the dating prospects, I, I think my buddies are, you know, and some of them, they're all on dating sites though, the ones who are dating right now, and that's mm. how they're meeting people. Mm. Um, I wonder if some of this is baked into that, that when the world was open, pre-COVID the world was open, there was somewhat of a, there was some like, uh, what of a standard for guys to like take a woman out on a date, right? Yeah. Like to go on a date, let me pick you up, let's go to a restaurant, whatever it is, concert, let's go on a date. Now that kind of standard is kind of not so much there. And so, so men might've got really lazy and oh, okay. you, you could plan a picnic or you could plan a hike or like some other kind of date. Hey, you I think, turn on your Netflix. I'll turn on mine. We'll yeah. sit on the couch and FaceTime. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, so maybe men have just gotten lazy where they're like, I don't yeah. need to date. I don't need to take you on dates, but I want everything that comes from that too. And, I don't know. I have, I have friends. The, the last question we just asked, is there a bigger dating pool for women or for men than there are for women? I have a friend who says, 
I have actually two friends that say dating in LA is, and they're girls, dating in LA is awful. There's no man. There's no man. And they're like, there's so many girls, but there's no man. They feel like there's so much competition, um, but they feel like there's no man. And I'm like, we live in a city where there's 19 million people. My hometown is 600 people. My grad class had nine boys and seven girls. If you think dating in LA is hard, you have no idea what hard dating is. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't get it. There's dating, for me, there's dating possibilities all around, but they don't see it as such. But do women, do women tend to see that like there's a lot of women and only a few men? Well, I think yeah, if you're single, there. if you're single, of course you feel like there's not a, enough pool, right? Because otherwise you'd be, you'd be with somebody. And you, you see, I, I think, you know, she probably has all her friends who are single too. And so they, they're all there, not realizing guys are in the same boat. I think, I think there are plenty of people out there. It's hard to meet the right one. And I think often we look for the wrong things. And, mm. you know, or you try to meet somebody at the bar where you're like, is this really the place you want to meet? Someone yeah. you want to take home to your parents when you're both doing tequila. Well, not now, but so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think yeah. there's, you know, you, 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 what are you looking for? You know, are you, are you looking for a hookup? Are you looking for someone who's hot to date? Or are you looking for someone who I really want to build a future with? Cause I think yeah. all three of those put you in a very different mindset of, mm-hmm. of, you know, how you're approaching what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, let's kind of stay along the lines, but different. How do, or what do I get my significant other for Christmas? So Matt, you're a man. Let's, let's from a male's perspective, what is something that you're, you want to advise? Experience. I want yeah. an experience, yes. especially right now where, you know, things are whatever it's, it's, you know, a sweater or a golf clubs, whatever. I just went and played Pebble beach with, with three of my college roommates. And, you know, we, we, we'd been planning a massive birthday party. We couldn't. So it was just, uh, we, we, four of us went and we did this and the whole day, I just kept saying, this is the greatest day. This is yeah. the greatest day. I'm so happy to be with my friends. I just had, we, you know, we ended up having drinks outside at the end. And I was just like, this was so happy. So I think, you know, particularly during this year, when we've all been locked down, when we haven't been traveling in, you know, one of the things I was going to say that, that I think all of us have been missing is face-to-face interactions. Because this is great. I can see you, but it's not the same as being in yeah. person. Yeah. And the idea of if you could do a trade, just even an escape, even if it's just driving, you know, 20 minutes outside of town and, and, and getting a hotel or an Airbnb or something, but an experience where you say, hey, we are going to kind of create, you know, carve out a little bit of normalcy or car- carve out a time to make a memory. Because I think we, you know, in this past year, we've seen material things are, are not what motivate us. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're sitting in your big house, but if you don't have your friends and family, everything feels a little empty. So yeah. I think trying to, try to get someone, you know, some experience or trying to get them some special, some special day, even if it is like you were saying, just a picnic where you drive an hour out, you just make it where it's, I just want to, I really want to shift, shift your setting. Be, you know, where we're out of the house, where we've all spent way too much time yeah. lately. Yeah. And just get, get me out, get me someplace. And, and hopefully, you know, try to have a couple people there, friends or family, whatever you feel safe with, and just connect with people. Because I feel like that's what all of us are craving right now. Yes, I love that answer. I wasn't sure how I was going to answer that. Um, but I'm going to piggyback yours. Um, one thing I've been focusing a lot on in my life is surprises. I'm trying to do a lot of surprises for people. Um, And what I think would be a great, I'm going to go with you. Like as a man, what would I want to receive for Christmas? Um, I want to hear this. What is yours? What is the one thing you'd want? It would, an experience is it. And one thing I think we're all missing of a lot of in our lives is laughter. Yeah. So if you, if here's the, here's like, I'm going to, I'm going to gift wrap a, a, a gift for people to give to your significant other. Uh, book an Airbnb, I don't know, an hour or two out of town. Like you said, let's change our environment, our our setting. Talk to my three best friends or the three couples that we love the most or something. Say, hey, I got this Airbnb booked. It's a surprise for Brooks. It's going to be these three days. Everybody get a COVID test uh, three days before and then isolate. And then we're going to show up here and we're going to have three days together with all eight of us. And we are going to laugh and play and just be together in a safe place and just laugh, laugh, laugh. The two words, the two words on my mind are just laughter and love. And that's, I think we've been missing a lot of the laughter. And so at this time, like you said, a material thing, like what's this going to do? 
whatever. It's a material thing, but what's going to feed my soul? Oh, some laughter with my closest yeah. friends. So planning some sort of surprise like that, where we go somewhere and my favorite people in the world are there. Oh, oh. man, that's a, that's a hell of a gift. That's a good one. That's okay. a good one. Well, we, we crushed that brother. Ooh, we did. Oh yeah, that's good. There it is. <laughs> okay. So people are going to get some very good gifts courtesy of Brooks and Ice. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now here's a, oh man, this one's going to hurt. We're going to flip it to 180. Oh, we're boy. in such a, we're in such a good mood. Why do I got to do this to us? How do I stay smart about finances during COVID? Wow. Um, you know, I, the reality is, I mean, we all curbed our spending a ton, but we also likely cur curbed our, our earnings. I, I, yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it's uh, you know, this, is a, this really is a, another time where you reevaluate uh, what's important to you. And looking at, you know, the, the gym membership or those nights, you know, the big nights out or, you know, the getting the, the biggest car possible, whatever it is. I think it's kind of making those choices about, all right, what, what are those things that really fuel you, really, really bring you the happiness and putting your money there. Um, mm -hmm. And, and uh, I, I think, you know, this, this is, this is the black swan event, right? I'm, I'm hopeful that the economy is going to come back, that jobs will come back, that people are going to start to be able to feel more comfortable about their earning prospects and, you know, feel a little more comfortable then uh, that they'll have some wiggle room. But, mm -hmm. but I think it's, it's, uh, you know, we, we all are probably, you know, I've been on Amazon and bought some things that I really didn't need because I was just right. sitting at home and going, all right. And you start to go, all right, where, where do I want to, if, if, if I've got, you know, a hundred bucks, what do I want to do? You know, what am I going to do with that? Is it going to be, I will really want to get some nice food or maybe cook some meals. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not the finance guru, but I think it's, it's starting to say, where do you get the most return for your money? Um, and, and, and bring you that joy and, and cutting out those things that before, you know, you didn't have to make those hard decisions, but saying, you know, I, I know a lot of people are cutting out, you know, TV and cable and yeah, God, yeah. don't cut out A&E or NBC because I need to keep a job. Yeah, but yeah. but I, I think starting to say, uh, you know, I can, you know, cooking more meals and I, I think food's a, food's a big one where, you know, as soon as you start cooking, boy, you start. And the other thing is you eat so much better when you cook. Yeah, oh my right? God, yeah, a lot healthier. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's uh, just try to say I'm spending money where it gives me the maximum happiness. Yeah. And I would, the first place I would encourage people to look at too, is how many subscriptions do you have? Yeah. Um, people subscribe to Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Disney Plus, like whatever. And then how many music ones, Spotify, yeah. Fit Radio, like how many subscriptions, how many times is there just an automatic debit coming out of your bank account? Um, that adds up. Then you can look at, like you said, look at things, like look at what is necessary for you. Do you have to have the upgraded cable package? Do you even need to have cable if you have all of those subscription packages? Um, one thing too is, do you need to have two vehicles? If you're, if you're a double, like if you're a husband, wife, or if you're a two person home, do you have to have two vehicles at this time? Could you sell one because, hey, we're not both driving to work. We work from home during this time. Um, if we need to pull back, could we sell a vehicle? We save on insurance, we save on gas, maintenance, the car payment. Like there's a way to save yeah. some money. Um, and then I, like, we probably don't need to spend a lot of money on dress clothes or new clothes right now. You probably can just like fly with what you got there. Like, yeah. I think there's ways, I think there really are ways when we actually really look at it, where our money is going, that these aren't necessities. A lot of these are excess and abundance right. in our life. They really aren't necessities. Like you said, good food. Yeah, spend money on, on good food so that you have good energy. So you're eating clean. Take care um, of yourself. Yeah, that's where you I know, The start. other thing I'm seeing is a lot of people are reevaluating where they live. Yes. And particularly in cities like New York and LA where you know, your, your monthly nut is, is not small. And people, yeah. as, as we're seeing, work is so much more portable than I think anybody envisioned. For a lot, for a lot of careers, people are saying, do I need to live in you know, in the city or could I be out in the suburbs or could I be in a different state or could I be closer to family in other places? And I think, you know, that's been a big change. I've seen a lot of people considering or actually making is relocating to places where, yes. hey, my, you know, I'm cutting it by, uh, you know, a third, I'm cutting a third and yeah. I'm really, you know, frees up a lot of financial, gives them a lot of financial mobility. Yeah. Um, okay. You touched on this next question. You touched on this. Um, 
how do I find the motivation to cook during quarantine? So how do I, I stay away from that Postmates? How do, yeah, I, how listen, do I find the motivation I, to cook? This has been my biggest struggle. I actually, so I've never cooked. I, I, you know, grill a steak every now and again, but I, I took, um, there's a masterclass. If you've ever seen it online with yeah. Gordon Ramsay's cooking mm -hmm. and it was absolutely riveting. And I started cooking and was cooking breakfast every day and cooking most meals. And then I started getting back to work and I've, I've fallen off of it. So I'm not the best one to ask, but I will say when I was doing it, it was a lot cheaper. I was eating a lot better. I felt better. Yeah. Um, I'm, I live alone. My, my girlfriend comes over sometimes. Cooking for myself has been a real challenge. I think, yeah. um, you know, finding as, as the things I found that helped me were making sure I tried to have the supplies that I needed for a few days. So I, I had a couple meals planned out and I, you know, I kept it basically simple. Um, and then sometimes what I would try to do is, is do, you know, cook a couple pieces of meat and then just have, be able to throw them on the pan for a few minutes instead of giving the, you know, 20 minute love and treatment. So I, I think trying to any, any planning you can do, which I'm lousy at, but if you can plan a little bit, I think that really helps your cooking. Yeah. Um, one thing that helps me if I cook for myself, I just like, throw something together and I eat it. I just want something extremely clean and healthy, but it probably doesn't taste that good. I just cook for performance basically. Right. But one thing that helps me is if I have a friend come over, now it's like an experience versus right. just like, just cooking for myself. Um, so I'm sure we all have like that really close friend, somebody we know is social distancing, somebody that we probably still see that if they have COVID, we have COVID because it's just our lives are that intertwined. I have friends where I would see them every day or two. Um, and our big thing was having supper together. That was our like, we were all socially distancing and that was our pact. Like, hey, we're gonna socially distance anytime right. we public it's masks everywhere and because we still want to be able to see each other during this time we don't want to have to not be able to see each other so that level of of dedication to it from each other allowed us to see each other and have supper together almost every night and then cooking was such a better experience i was with people i love we put love into the food we tried new foods we tried new recipes we have probably more time on our hands nobody's commuting to and from work like you might have a little bit more time on your hands parents maybe not you probably have kids to look after and teach but um, <laughs> that's a tough one but look up so i want to get better at cooking i actually would love to take a cooking class Okay, like so really here was my that. other tip that, that would apply probably to you, but mo for most people, maybe not. But the thing I found that really helped me with my cooking was I was doing, I did Instagram live. I was doing it every morning, Ooh. cooking breakfast and the accountability of going, hey, I'm going to be there at 8.30 in the morning, but having an audience, I was like, I'm going to be the chef now because I yeah. love having an audience. Yeah. So that was something that, that helped me cook and really, you know, continue to find new recipes and new ways to make breakfast. And so that was... That was really fun and hopefully his work, well, I hope that work doesn't slow down, but I'll get, get back into that because that was really, yeah. I did mornings with Matt and I just, I just loved it. I love it. I love it. I loved cooking in the morning with, with, uh, and just having like a couple people chiming in. That's a great, that's actually a great thing, right? Make it a thing. Make it a thing. Make it, make it a thing. I actually have an apron that has my name on it. I'm going to do like mornings with like pancakes. Breakfast with Brooks. Brooks. Oh, there it is. Oh, there there it, is. it is. Breakfast with Brooks. Because that's what I was going to say. Pancakes. I love making pancakes. I'm going to do a Breakfast with Brooks Instagram Live. I'm going to bring you on it. Have you rate my Kodiak cakes. Um, Ooh. And, right? And make just this stunning breakfast. But like make it a thing. If I just do something, if I'm just like, oh, I should cook. It's not that fun. But if I'm like, I want to make this a thing, whether it's an Instagram Live or you want to start your own little cooking sequence on Instagram or whatever it is, make it a thing. Buy yourself. I, I bought myself, dude. I bought myself a beautiful, like the most expensive spatula from uh, just for my pancakes. I did knives. I did Nobody, knives. Did you? Okay. Nobody can touch. I got a griddle. Touch, I got a griddle. Oh, that boy. Nobody can touch my spatula, yeah. and my spatula cannot be used for anything else other than pancakes. What's this? What um, kind is it? William Sonoma? What is it? All clad? I don't know. It's got this like stainless it's steel secrets. handle, and it's he won't even um, he won't even tell us, folks. He's he's hiding his spatula game. Dude, you gotta you just you'll have to turn into Breakfast with Brooks and check out that spatula. There it is, buddy. I love it. Okay, let's go. We, I know we're, we've been on here like 55 minutes. We got, let's find one more. Here's a great one. All right. Um, how do I get in shape and lose weight during COVID? 
Oh, wow. So this is something, again, that I struggled with where uh, when I was eating Postmates and playing video games, I gained about 15 pounds. And you know what I did? I, I downloaded the Peloton app because they'd made it free for like three months. And what I loved about it, again, as I said, I'm not a great self-starter and I struggled working out on my own. I would quit. But this app is fantastic because it had classes where they were talking to you. Most of them, you could do them live, but they were pre-recorded. But it still felt like you're in a class, you're going to complete it. And you could do, some of the workouts were as short as five minutes. Most of them I would do would be 30 minutes. But once I started, I would finish every one. And then it also gamifies it where it keeps track of them. Yeah. So finding, I, I think Peloton just, the, 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 the classes are spectacular. They're well done. The quality's great. The music's great. And, and the, I think it's like 12 bucks a month now, but I'm sure there are some that are even cheaper. But I think that is a fantastic thing. And you could literally, most of the stuff could be body weight or maybe a couple dumbbells or resistance bands. I was doing it in my bedroom. So I think having an app or having something where it gave you that sense of you could select classes ahead of time uh, to kind of hold yourself accountable. It's like, hey, I'm scheduling this 8 a.m. class. So I know I could not yeah. do it. But I think when you make that commitment to yourself, you're a lot more likely yes. to keep it. Um, and that, that it would track and you could see, hey, you've worked out, you know, 20 days this month. Good job. I'm like, it is a good job. Yeah. So I think finding yeah. an app or something that gives you some buy-in uh, is really helpful. Yeah. Um, the first place I go with this is a lot of people, their gym is closed. So our facility that we would go to is now closed, which means we don't have a place to work out. Yeah. So I've, I've always encouraged people, designate a spot in your home whether that's in your basement, in your garage, whether it's like a mat that you roll out or you clear the coffee table or whatever, find a spot in your home where that is your designated little fitness area. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, because every day, if it's just, if home just looks the same and you don't have a spot to go to, it's just easy to miss. And you're like, I got yep. nowhere to work out. And that, yep. the, then the motivation is gone. So set up your environment where you have a designated spot where you're like, this is this six foot by six foot area. This is where I do my working out. I have my water bottle, my towel, my, my mat here, maybe a couple dumbbells. This is where I do it. Um, and then the other thing um, that really helps is putting some sort of challenge to it with a friend right? If you bring mm -hmm. in a friend, say, Hey, yeah. I've been, I've been really struggling, Matt. I'm really struggling. I'm not working out. Um, have you been doing the same? Yeah. I just been eating pizza. Like, okay, let's do something together, man. Like let's, let's, I don't know, let's commit to 30 days and let's yeah. be workout buddies, accountability partners. And, um, and then, like you said, join an app. Um, I have a training app. Um, I have a fitness training app called open gym. And I may, I just made a code when I saw this question before the show, I made a code HMT. So if people go to open gym.com, and sign up for any program. And when you sign up for any of the programs, um, if you enter the code HMT, you'll get 50% off for the first three months. There it is. I just want to give it to people. I'm just like, and, and we have a bodyweight program. My mom does the bodyweight program every day. It, it's a fantastic program. So you need no equipment. It's 20 minutes or less. We have a, a program that has weights. Then we have like the professional level program, which I have, well, which I do. And then we also have an ab program for people that just want to like work on mm. their apps. So go to open-gym.com, sign up for any program, enter HMT when you're signing up, you'll get 50% off for three months. Um, but start moving and bring a friend in. Bring a friend yeah. in on, on this with you. Keep you accountable. I think the, 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 the added benefits of exercise, aside from the fact that you'll, you'll be feeling better, it also will give you that structure of, you know, and so many times our days are much more fluid, but to say, hey, every day at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or whatever, or at 5 p.m., I'm getting yeah. that work at it and giving your days the structure. But it's also, I think it, when, when days are fluid and flow into each other, to have said, ah, I did, I, I, there's a check, yeah. check that, I worked yeah. out. Yeah. And, and you just see it with the endorphins. Working out is the surest way to, to get your mental health right. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm my most creative. I'm my most grateful. I solve my problems. I like my energy gets blown out. Otherwise, I'm just like vibrating and don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> um, it's, there's so many ways that, that I, I sleep better. So many people are struggling with sleep yeah. right now. But it's not, it's sleep isn't the issue. It's the fact that we haven't moved during the day. Mm -hmm. So we're not tired enough really to sleep. So and like there's so many, also we make better nutritional choices when we're working out, we're less likely to eat junk food. Um, there's so many added benefits, fringe benefits even that come from working out. So I'm a huge advocate for people to find a way to move. Doesn't need to be inside. Also, you don't need a gym. Today I went for a four mile run and then did a bunch of lunges on a picnic bench or a, like a, a just like step up. So you're on the playing bench, the like, comeback? 
just, yeah, like just, I love, I love moving outside. Yeah. Like it's just fitness. There's many different ways to do fitness, not just in the gym that you yeah. were going to get creative, get moving, get healthy. It'll show up in many, many areas of your life. So, um, buddy, one last, one last one for you. I want you to just give to our community your last thoughts and just some inspiration and motivation for people that are really struggling, really going through a tough time right now. What are some positive words that you can share with them? Yeah, for, you're not alone. We're all struggling. We are all having tough times during this. And, you know, I, I'm certainly one when I come on, I, I prefer to emphasize the positive, but this has been a challenge for all of us. Me, me too. And there's certainly been moments where, you know, you, you, you feel the despair and you feel kind of the, the weight of this pandemic and being locked down. But I think, you know, I think we're seeing there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I, I think it's also been, you know, you got to find the silver lining in this. And I think it is, to me, the greatest gift of this has been a forced slowing down where I felt society, but I know my life was going so fast. I wasn't, I wasn't stopping to kind of look up and to say, you know, what is all this for? Where are we going? And with it, and to, to, to start to say what is really important, you know, now and, and moving forward. And I think, We've all kind of had a chance to reflect on what we do for a living, where we live, who we're with, what makes us happy. And to look at it as, all right, now what are you going to do about it? Because mm -hmm. you, you, you know, we didn't ask for it, but we've been given this, we've had a mirror held up to how we were living our lives. And I know, I, I, I think, I, I hope we all take this time and, and come back to, as we re-enter the world, to say, all right, I'm gonna do this a little more intentionally. And I think we've got an opportunity here to make those choices and to really start crafting that life you want. I mean, this is, this is kind of a reset button for everybody yeah. where you know, things are gonna be changing and it's, it's like, how are you gonna respond? And this is where you're gonna choose how this next phase of your life goes. So you know, every, it's an opportunity. Let's look at this as an opportunity. And here it is this global opportunity we have to kind of come out of this hopefully stronger happier, more motivated, more connected, and, and to figure out how we do that. Matt, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Um, when I look at that question, the first thing that comes to my mind is because we talked about this last week with Hannah, um, speak and listen. Um, we're not meant to go through this world alone. We're not, that's, that's the, like, we are not meant to be alone or to go through this world alone. And so many of us that are struggling are choosing to struggle alone because we're not willing to speak about it. Um, so speak, call, call somebody and open up. That's why I wanted to do this show. That's why part of my mission with How Men Think is I want to be a man that opens up and shares because I'm not good at that. And this, this show holds me accountable to do yeah. that. So whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're young, you're old, whatever, you're allowed to struggle. You're human. Congratulations, you are human. You are going to struggle. We all do. So have the courage to open up and to speak and to share that with people. You are not meant to go through this world alone. And then also listen. When somebody does, don't say, oh yeah, I'm struggling too. I, I, that's all. Like, yeah. uh, my life's a mess too. Just listen, just be there for somebody that's opening up to you. You'll have your time to speak another time too, but um, connect with people, connect, 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 find ways to open up, find ways to share your heart, find ways to share things you're struggling with, find ways to share things that are exciting to you, find ways to laugh and still make memories. Just don't stop life is what I would advise people or, or hope to give to people. Yeah, um, well said, bud. So my dude, um, where can people find more of you? Cause you're such an inspiration. Uh, I, I love your thanks, message, man. man. I'd love to have you back on the show. Maybe we get, maybe we get you and, and our boy Akbar back. Nice. I team this. Um, but where can people find uh, you? Where do you hang out? Social media? Social media. I am on there way too much. At Matt Eisman, M-A-T-T-I-S-E-M-A-N. We just wrapped season 12 of Ninja Warrior. We're, we're in talks for 13, figuring that out. And every Friday night I'm on A&E Live. Uh, with Live Rescue, where we're following firefighters, paramedics, and EMTs. And every Tuesday, Factorious, the game show podcast, that's dropping, so you can check it out. Um, and I'm around. I'm always around and, and always happy to hear from people and get feedback on these things. I love hearing when people say, hey, man, I heard you on that podcast and yeah. just wanted to reach out. It's really cool because so often you do these things and, and you, you know, I feel like I've had having a conversation with you and then you realize hopefully a whole bunch of people are listening to this and they oh, take yeah. something from it and they, they share that with us. Tell me about Factorious. 
So it's a game show podcast. It was just, it's, it's a ton of fun. It's essentially we give you, the, the way it works is we give you a clue. And that clue is the letter or letters, the initials of the answer. And then we give you facts about it. And then teams, you have to, uh, people buzz in when they think they know. If you get it right, you get the points. If you get it wrong, you're out for the question. But what's oh. cool is they really give me a lot of latitude where they're like, make it yours, have fun. And so I'm, you know, I'm a jackass. I'm all up in it. And uh, we're actually going to be, I think we're going to be shooting the pilot for it for TV. So yes. Yeah, no, it, it's the dream. The dream. I want, in that, I want in that ring. I'm like, oh, who, who can I go up against? Bro, you're competitive. I like it. Yes. Brooks. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to also because like I consider myself. Dude, you crush Gavin DeGraw. We'll get, we'll get him in there with you. You'll just you'll put him in the yes. mat. Oh, Gav won't even have a clue. I will sniff that thing out in one clue. It'll take Gavin nine. Um, and he'll be like, what are we talking about? What are we talking about here? I'm just going to go write another song about this. Yes, we should do a How Men Think Factor. Oh, yeah. Myself, we'll do it. Gavin, we'll do it. Some of the other dudes. Um, dope. Awesome, brother. Matt, I appreciate you so much. You've been, Thanks, uh, you've been a ray of sunshine and a breath of hope for our community. Uh, check out Matt, check out American Ninja Warrior. Have you done the obstacle course? You must Broken foot, broken ankle. I'm banned from looking at an obstacle ever again. <laughs> I shouldn't, like, I have rheumatoid arthritis. My bones are like Rice Krispies. I shouldn't have tried it, but uh, I couldn't help it. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna stick to hosting. Okay, it's all, <laughs> it's all upper body strength. Hey, those guys just oh, like yeah. just ninja grips. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like 6'4", 245 now. So I'm like, I, I'm really, I, the, the host stand really can hold me. Yeah, it doesn't, that, that the obstacle course doesn't set up for you. No, not at all. It's, like it's, 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 it's really, nine. it's, it's biased against big guys. It's really, I, yes. I'm not going to stand for this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Five, nine, above 35 with oh, just yeah. gorilla grips. Oh, you're going to crush God. it. Yeah. It's all muscle. It's brutal. But you're, you're the man. Um, wishing you and your family, everybody the best happiness Thanks. and health. And I'd love to get you and Akbar back on here. Uh, Anytime. Much possible. We'll do it again. Everybody listening, we wish you the same. Happiness, health, stay active, stay safe, stay healthy. Until next week, take care of one another, love one another, and we'll see you back here for another episode of How Men Think.